Support for The Great Quad Cities Listen on WVIK comes from the Joyce and Tony Singh Family Foundation. My name is Nick Hyten, and I live in Moline. My name's Tanya Hyten Severson. I live in Davenport, Iowa, and I'm from East Moline, Illinois, and I am here with my father. Nick Hyten was born in Holland in 1936, shortly before World War II broke out on the European front. By the time Nick was four years old, the Nazis overtook his city. Nick was interviewed by his daughter Tanya at the studios of WVIK to share what it was like growing up under Nazi occupation. I was told that whenever I encountered a German to be nice, not say anything, you know, you do things automatically. I had one officer try to tell me that he wanted me to say hi Hitler and I wouldn't do it, so he kicked the hell out of me. Those were little things that you just kind of... Were you afraid? No, I wasn't afraid, but cautious. We were very self-sufficient. Since we lived right at the edge of town, right next to us, we had nothing but agricultural fields and uh, meadows with cattle in it. And right next to the house, we had, well, it was a plot that was probably 10 meters by about 100 meters that we grew our vegetables in, beans, potatoes, everything. Were you allowed to keep any of that, all of that stuff? Did you ever have to give any of it away? We had, yes. We had a big chicken coop with probably about a good dozen chickens in it. The Germans came in and took half of everything we had. They took half of the chickens. In the back of the yard, we had a small enclosure with two pigs in it. They took one. So after that, we had an exposed basement. And the basement had four rooms in it, and the center room, we made a little pen, and we raised the pigs in there. Instead of having them outdoors, we had them indoors. Frank was the one that baited those pigs three, four times a week, washed them down, they never stunk. So you could go ahead and so keep everything that we, you had. We still, we still, and when once we butchered them, we had to do the same thing with the chickens, we canned everything. There's no refrigerator or anything like that. So in order to preserve it, uh, you canned it. Was your family involved in any of the resistance measures? Well, I didn't find out about that until after the war. But yes, that was very heavily involved in the resistance. And it was such a plus to be right at the edge of town with nothing but open fields next to you. Because nobody bothered you. And since we had an exposed basement, we many times we had pilots that were downed. They would hide in our basement for a while until they could transport them further on the way to Spain so they could go back to England. And then as we got a little bit older, we would steal from the Germans. Whatever, whatever chance we had, we would steal from them. We'd sneak in their kitchen, tent, Mike and John. That's Your the older, two brothers, older brothers, right? They would, whenever there was a convoy coming through, German convoy, then they would engage the drivers in conversation. 
and Frank and I would sneak in the back and steal whatever we could get our hands on. A lot of times it was just bayonets or gas masks or stuff like that. Could you trade any of that out for food or anything? No, but every time when his dad found it, it somehow disappeared. So <laughs> so he, afterwards, we figured out he funneled it into the underground. You were, you were part of the resistance and you didn't even know it. Who liberated you guys? We were liberated by the Americans, but there were some British... It was a conglomeration. I had all the patches, and there were seven different army patches involved. Wow. It was uh, September 17, 1944, when we were liberated. And we actually came just from church. And not about a block and a half away from our house, there is a big open field. And that's where that was a big bivouac for where the Germans were at. They had all kinds of tents set right. up. They had the big kitchen tent there that we every once in a while raided. And uh, the, at the four corners, they had ammunition piles. And when we came out of church, one of those piles exploded. And we just ran for their life. All kind of hell broke loose. So we made it home and got down in the basement, and then we got word that the Americans was coming in, so Dad went back upstairs and put the flag out, and then he came back down in the basement, and then we heard people upstairs. Dad said to Mom, go and take a look and see who's there. <laughs> <laughs> so Mom goes upstairs. There were three Germans in there, and they told Mom, he says, we don't want to fight anymore. We want to we want to wait till the Americans come through and just surrender. surrender. So mom says, well, yeah, you can come on down with us. So they came down the basement and stayed with us. And meanwhile, <clears throat> the Feldwebel, which is basically just a platoon sergeant, he was outside and we could hear him. He was just absolutely raising hell. He was looking for the people. He says, die Schwanhunden müssen hier rein sein. That means the deserters must be in this house here. And he was ready. And Frank and I, we were at the little basement window. It's just a little square, maybe foot and a half square window. Frank and I were looking through that. And he had a hand grenade in his hands that he was going to toss into our basement when the top of his head got shot off. All of a sudden... I mean, he, his mouth was still moving, and th- that whole top of his head just disappeared. Ooh, that was gruesome. Yeah, for but, a little kid to see, that would yeah, be pretty intense. Well, I had nightmares about that for a while. I would think so. Yeah, that was that was nasty. Was that a tank shot that took his head off? No, I think it was just a machine gun. Machine gun? But there was a lot of, lot of firing going on. But that sucker, he would have thrown that damn hand grenade into a house. Yeah, he wanted to get... Well, <laughs> we, you, we were all down there. You were collateral damage. He wanted to take care of those other well, guys. Yeah. What is What are your first memories of the Americans? I mean, is it after they came in, you know, did they hang out a while in town? Were they... The first night, there you go again. Um, we are right at the edge of town. Right across the street from us, there is an open field. They had a machine gun set up in our front door that covered 
the front of the house. They had a machine gun set up in the back of the house that covered the back. That night, we had 40 Americans stay on our house, in the basement, up in the sun porch, all over the place. And yeah, in the middle of the night, there was a lot of machine gun fire going off. They had seen some movement. And uh, the next day, when they actually went and looked, there was movement, yeah, they shot a cow. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Hyten and Tanya Hyten-Severson for The Great Quad Cities Listen. To share your story as part of the Great Quad Cities Listen, sign up for a time and place to record at greatqclisten.org. This project was made possible thanks to the Joyce and Tony Singh Family Foundation. <laughs>